This is Dan. And this is Erica. Welcome back to The Fifth Age. It's been a long time, and we know many of you have been checking in on us periodically. We can't tell you how much that means to us. This mini-sode is an off-topic discussion from our much-teased Fionor episode, which I'm working on now. Today we talk about Sauron's nature, the secret fire of Eru, mythology, and Elrond's family. Again. Here it is. Yes, we understand the Silmarils now. They are the only light f- remaining from the trees. Unless you ag- agree with Fionor that the light survives in Galadriel's hair, this is the last light of the trees. And let's be honest, Fionor's just being a creepy old man at that point. I mean, he's immortal, so he doesn't really age, but sure. And as far as, you know, the work of Fionor and the work of the Noldo elves in Valinor in general, they delight in creating things. They delight in making things and making beautiful things and learning to make beautiful things. And in Eregion, later, when Celebrimbor is there, the grandson of Fionor, he is learning from Sauron to create beautiful things and wonderful things. He's an old elf. He loves this stuff. And the accumulation of the knowledge of creation is very strong in the Noldo elves. When Sauron is the Lord of Gifts, yes. when he's intimately involved with Inaregion, with the craftsmanship of various things, including rings, is he doing this because he delights in creation, at least in part? Or is he doing this purely out of a selfish motive? I don't know. But he does. he is a servant of Aule originally. And I'm wondering if this ties into his nature, the platonic ideal versus the, the, the arising nature. So the arising nature of Sauron, is it that he wants to create and he can't and he's teaching others to create? Because Tolkien's clear that evil cannot create, it can only corrupt. Right. And, and so is he using his, what power of creation he still has to help others create? Is that a, is that a noble well, thing? Well, this, also, this also makes me wonder, um, yes, it's confusing. Um, this also makes me wonder, and, and this is like fodder for the Sauron episode later. Well, we've got so much for that right now. But like if you, let's take J.K. Rowling out of this for a minute. Instead of looking at the ring as a horcrux, which you can definitely look at it as, what if when he pours himself into the ring, he's pouring the last part of himself that is good into the ring? And oh, all he's left with is corruption. Oh my god. Okay. Because he can't create in Tolkien's world, he and can he, only corrupt. And he can no- But he did create the ring. I wonder if that's in reference to Morgoth specifically, or if it's a reference to Sauron as well. Because I feel like it's in reference to Sauron when it when it comes up in Lord of the Rings. And he does create the ring. But it's a it is an object of his desire to dominate others. It holds his power of domination and the will to dominate others. Just because we don't see it in Frodo or Sam or Well, Bilbo. we do see it in Frodo. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. We do see it in Frodo. Eventually, he wants... He wants that power. Galadriel wants that power. And he almost, but not quite, wants to dominate... Well, he does want to dominate. He doesn't actually act on it. Because Gollum gets it to him first. But when he decides not to destroy the ring... What is he about to do? There's only one choice he has. Sam will go with him, right? No matter what he does. But he must... He must lead Sam away from their goal. 
at that point. I mean, he already he doesn't have to exercise the power of domination over Sam because he already has dominance over Sam in every way that matters, you know. That's a really good point. Um, but and, and Sam would never raise a hand to him. That's true. He'd rather throw himself into the crack of doom first, you know. I'm gonna fangirl about Sam for a little while. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna sit here and like. But Sweet. you know, in that moment, which I think is very well portrayed in the movie, where Frodo turns and puts the ring on, and he says, "I do not choose now to do what I came to do." And this is something I was just reading about evil in Tolkien in oh. in Shippy, and whether or not his decision was powered from powered internally or externally. Uh-huh. Because in the cracks of doom, Galadriel's file does not work. Other powers, other than Sauron's, do not have power in the cracks of doom. Only Sauron's power. And and this is this is Shippy's emphasis when when Shocker. <laughs> when Frodo gives in to the power of the Ring. I do not choose now to do what I came to do. He came to do what he wanted to do, but when he's there, he can no longer choose that. The power of Sauron is too strong there, and he has been dominated by the ring. And that's an external force. That's not necessarily him choosing. I do not now choose. But up until that point, he was choosing to do it. Yeah. As soon as he gets there, that will is turned off, and he takes the ring for himself. What I, what I was thinking of is the secret fire. And so you have in the Cracks of Doom, it's like the secret fire of Morgoth. Okay, so the or Sauron, at least. The secret fire refers to the flame impenetrable, the thing that is the center of creation. I understand that that's what that is. From Eru. I'm going to say that the secret fire is a reference to the Holy Spirit in Catholicism. Yes, it is. And so then you have the secret fire of Eru. For what I'm about to say, it's important that it's in the context of Gandalf. And the reason is because Eru isn't an actor in the earth. In Middle Earth, right? But Gandalf is. So you have Gandalf, who has the secret fire. And you have Sauron, who has his own secret fire in the Cracks of Doom. And he's used his secret fire to create his own ring that embodies the power, which is represented by fire in Catholicism. And so you have these opposing fires. And in the heart of Mount Doom, the only will that matters is Sauron's. We never see that conflict, right? right. We never see that conflict uh, literally. But I wonder, I wonder, so Isildur couldn't destroy the ring. Right. And it's, it, they see it, they discuss it as the failing of men. But one wonders if Elrond had cut him down and taken the ring from him. Would Elrond have been, would have fallen in the same way? Exactly. And Elrond, this is really interesting to me. Isildur is a descendant of Elrond's brother. Mm-hmm. So the one who chose the... The one who chose mortality. So what does it mean for Elrond to have this descendant of his brother who chose mortality turn and tell him... Oh, this is why... Tell him, no, I'm not going to destroy this thing that I know will destroy me when Elrond saw what the Silmarils did. This is so interesting because... Uh, uh, yeah, because... <laughs> Elrond has such a mistrust of men. And 
I didn't know that he was a descendant. I had forgotten. I think you told me before, but I'd forgotten that Dusseldorf was a descendant of Elrond. Of his brother, sorry. Right. So his brother became mortal and started the kings, the race of Numenor. His father is a star. His right. father is Arendil. He's the only family he oh, has. Oh, so... His mother is was turned into a gull and sent to Valinor, and then she is with her well, and husband. So in, he has no family left but Arwen. In the mythology of the British Isles, there's always three realms. There's always three parts to things. And so... Well, not just British. Well, okay, Norse as well. But, um, but what I was getting at is you have the sort of mundane and the mystical and the divine you and know elrond and has all three elrond has all three but he is living in the mystical piece he's the mystical right? his father is the divine and his brother was the mortal yeah it's he there's so much stuff here it's crazy yeah it's good to be back and as always we'd love to hear from you you can contact us by email at show at fifthagepodcast.com, on Twitter at fifthagepodcast, or on the Fifth Age Podcast Facebook page. You can even sign up on the fifthagepodcast.com website and leave a comment right there. Thanks, as always, to Dr. Turtle for the music. You can find him on Bandcamp. Thanks for being here. See you next time.